And so as we continue on in this sermon series called All In, where we connect our generosity um, with all of the vision, all of the dreams, all of the hopes that we have in um, our Southeast Raleigh table uh, to um, our resources, I, um, I thought it was important that last week we did um, what is known in the Christian tradition as remembering, which is when we are in the present space, we, we go back not to be stuck in the past, but to recognize that God has been journeying with us, that God has been faithful, that God has done a beautiful things with every day, with every week, with every month, with every year that we have journeyed together, and that we would remember that it's because of God's faithfulness and God's goodness that we are where we are today. But I think it's also important that we be the kind of people when we are in the present, because we also trust in God's goodness and God's faithfulness, begin to dream and vision for that which is ahead of us. For those of you who might have children, when your child um, is still in your arms, you will say things like, oh my goodness, I need to start saving up for when my child goes off to college. You, you can see in this infant all the possibilities of what might be ahead. Well, here at our Southeast Raleigh table, we also believe the same thing. Because of God's goodness and God's faithfulness, where we are right now, we can still see ahead to where God is taking us. So I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Habakkuk or Habakkuk, depending on if you're from South Carolina or North Carolina, how you like to pronounce it, um, about a moment where there is one who stands and waits for God to give him a vision for that which is ahead. So hear now these words in Habakkuk chapter 2, beginning with the second verse. And this is what the scripture says. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. And the reason why it's in brackets is because I actually took this portion out of the NIV because of the way in which it has a better translation than um, what is the rest of the New Revised Standard Version, which is the rest of this passage. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks to the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. I'm going to read it one more time. And then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks to the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And will you pray with me? God, we believe that you have a word to speak to us this day. A word that might encourage us and inspire us, a word that might give us life. So we pray that you would turn down the volume on all the voices that would seek to distract us, even if it's our own voice telling us of what we've done or what we've left undone, so that we can hear your still small voice alone. We ask, oh God, you who are a visionary God, to speak to us because we are listening. We ask all of this in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So whenever, um, whenever I am having a hard time believing that something is possible here at our Southeast Raleigh table, all I do is think about um, our, our beginning days. 
Whenever I'm having a hard time trusting that God is going to take us to a new dimension or to a new level, all I do is think about our beginning days. I like to think back to the days that we used to meet all the way on the farthest end of North Raleigh as it was so difficult to explain to people that we were going to become a church community called the Southeast Raleigh Table. I go back to the days when we used to meet bi-weekly in a house, um, wondering if there was going to be enough rotisserie chicken to go around for all of us because we didn't know if all the meal teams got it together. I, I remember back in the day when people used to call me up and ask if the Southeast Raleigh table was a new restaurant that was coming to Raleigh. And this is the thing about those days. They were not our bless your heart days. They were not days that actually discouraged me. In fact, those days were the days that were honing our faith to become a courageous and a dangerous community. Because while we were meeting on the farthest ends of North Raleigh, we had the vision that one day we were going to take up residence in a gracious and gentle way in Southeast Raleigh. While we were meeting bi-weekly and sitting around a campfire and eating rotisserie chicken together, we actually believed that one day we were going to be the kind of community that had weekly worship that was vibrant where we could invite others to come and taste and see that the Lord was good. While it was so difficult back in those days to describe to people that we were not a restaurant but that we were a church community, we believed that we were going to become the kind of church community that people would raise up their heads and look at us not because of who we are but because of what God was doing in us and through us. Whenever I have a hard time believing something is possible, I just look back, but I look back remembering how it is that we believed something about what was ahead of us. That sitting in a living room with 10 or 12 or 15 people that one day we would be sitting here in this space. I want you to know something about this church community. The capacity of this community to have vision and faith might be one of the greatest gifts that we possess. I want to say this one more time. Maybe one of the, one of the, the greatest treasures of this church community is that the vision and the faith that you have might be one of the greatest gifts that you possess. I know a lot of my colleagues sit in church communities that argue all day long about the color of the carpet. I have lots of communities who, um, uh, colleagues who are in communities that they argue all day long about they don't like the temperature in the space. Like literally they have to have meetings about those types of things. But you all have the vision and the faith to believe the things that sometimes it is so hard to believe in the present and yet you keep believing. We are a visionary people. You are a visionary people who actually place your faith in a trustworthy God. For those of you who might be guests among us today, we are like, the Southeast Raleigh Table is like that child who is called under-resourced but knows that he's not or she's not under-resourced because they don't serve an under-resourced God. That's who we are. Yeah, you know. And for those of you who've been rocking with us from the very beginning, we call them the day ones. For those of you who are the day ones, you know how this community has been shaped by our capacity to believe and to dream. We are a visionary people who actually believe in a trustworthy God. 
And you know, yesterday, um, some of you were able to come to our all-in family meal where we had about 60 individuals from our church community who met in the space where we ever had our first public worship service at 228 West Edenton Street. And those 60 people began to put literally on a vision wall all of the ways in which they believe that God is going to be at work in this community, believing that one day we're going to have community endowments, believing that we're going to be an anti-racist church and that is going to be our salvation, believing that we're going to have vibrant fellowship, believing that we're going to have expanded ministries for children and youth, believing that we are going to be a witness, believing that we are going to be just in our lives so that we can be just in the world. And these 60 people got together and no one was trying to tweak or edit or downsize their dreams, but instead as they placed the visions on the walls, those visions were grand and they were large because they believe that God is trustworthy, that our dreams don't just live in manila folders, but that our dreams turn into vision and that our visions come to pass. That somehow, some way, that even on today, if it doesn't look like it can happen, that somehow, some way, God will get us there. You know, visions are nothing new within the scriptural tradition. It's just a part of, of who we are. Um, in fact, they're mentioned quite, um, quite often in the, biblical, in the biblical tradition. I mean, whether people are having visions or actually seeing things that others cannot see, or if there are those who are speaking about different visions. You know, like the vision of you are in Egypt, but one day you're going to be in the promised land. Or... or, or um, or that you might not have a song, but one day you're going to be singing wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Even Jesus spoke vision over his life. You know what? I'm going to die, but on the third day, I will be raised and have life again. That death will not have the final word, but I will be resurrection and I will be life. That is the vision that I want you to keep your eyes on. But the reason why I wanted us to land on Habakkuk chapter 2 today is because vision is wedged in between complaint and also this understanding of having to have faith. In this particular passage, Habakkuk um, tells the people that your vision has to also be connected to your understanding of God's trustworthiness and God's goodness. That's why I think it's important for us to hold on to this particular passage. So let me give you a little bit of um, context of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, depending on if you're from North Carolina or from South Carolina. Habakkuk is, what is, uh, is who is known as one of the minor prophets. And Habakkuk um, is listening for a word from the Lord. And so it says that early on in chapter 2 that Habakkuk goes to a high place. He goes to a rampart so that he can listen and wait for, um, for God's word. Because at this particular point in time, those who were wicked, those who were throwing shade, those who uh, were up to no good, it seemed like they were winning. And so, of course, when it seems like the wicked are winning, people start to wonder, where is God? I can tell you there were lots of times during, um, during parts of my life when it seemed like everyone who was up to no good was like getting the last word. And you begin to wonder, so where is God? So Habakkuk is in this place where he's like, listen here, Lord. I mean, I don't think Habakkuk said it exactly like that, but paraphrasing. Listen here, Lord. Um, I need you to offer up a word because you say that these are your people, but it also looks like those who are against us are actually flourishing and we are the ones who are perishing. 
And when Habakkuk positions himself on the rampart, this is what the God-sized word that comes to Habakkuk. God says to Habakkuk, write the vision and make it plain. Or write the vision and write it so large and write it so bold that if a runner was to run with these tablets with the vision that everybody could see it clearly. Write this vision so large that everyone who sees it might say, oh my gosh, that's a vision for me. Write this vision so large so that when this herald is coming, that it seems like this vision is good news for everyone who glimpses this particular vision. It's like when you've ever gotten a love note or a text message from someone that was so dear to you and you begin to underline it or you screenshot it or you save it because there is something that really matters in the text that has been given to you. When God tells Habakkuk, make it plain, it means like literally you need to make this thing so grand or so large that people will know that it is a God-sized vision for them. But this is what um, I think is probably the most, the most helpful part of, um, of this passage is that God also gives Habakkuk encouragement about when... Um, about when this vision doesn't seem to come. God tells Habakkuk what he needs to do and what God's people need to do when it seems like the very thing that God has said is going to happen for us and happen to us and happen with us isn't happening. You see, having vision can be tricky because sometimes visions don't always happen out on our timeline. The things that we want in our lives don't always happen when we want them to happen. The things that we desire and we long for and we strive for, they don't always come in the way that we thought they were going to come. There were a lot of things that I believed were going to happen for me and with me when I graduated from college that still have not come to pass. There are a lot of things that you have been hoping for, not just over the past month, but over the past couple of years, and you're still waiting for those things to come to pass. And in the middle of this vision that has been cast, obstacles and doubt and worry and betrayal and life happens that you begin to wonder, this God-sized vision that has been given to me, will it ever come to pass? Four years we've been looking for a property. Will it ever come to pass? Nine months we've been like searching and waiting maybe for some staff positions. Will it ever come to pass? Yet God promises Habakkuk that the things that God has spoken to Habakkuk will come to pass. The thing about vision is that oftentimes it comes with waiting, which means that vision has to be married to our understanding of God's faithfulness and God's trustworthiness. Because if our vision isn't connected to God's trustworthiness and God's faithfulness, then the God-sized visions that have been spoken over our lives will sometimes feel like a lie.
you said, God, that if we gather these people together, that certain things will come to pass. But four years we've been waiting. Is this a lie? God, you told us to act on faith. And for nine months we've been waiting. Is this a lie? You told us to just act out on faith. And we have been waiting. Is this a lie? But God says to Habakkuk, if it seems to tarry, if it seems to stall, if it seems to be on pause, if it seems not to be coming for you, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. I sense that for most of us in this place, who have had a taste of our capacity as a church community to actually dream and division with one another, that you believe that God will be faithful to our community. Do you believe that? There have been times when we have told you something that feels so small or so insignificant, but it's one small move forward from where we were before, and literally we have erupted in praise as a church community. Because we have trusted and believed that what God says will come for us, that what God says is going to happen to us, that God, what God is going to do with us is going to actually happen. We collectively have a great deal of faith with one another. And we collectively believe that God is going to move in this church community. But do you also believe that God will be faithful as it relates to you? The thing is that I can talk about the collective, which is important because we don't do life alone, but I also want to make sure that before I close up the book and I sit back down, that I need to also ask you this. For the visions that you have for your own personal lives, do you have the same faith that you believe for our corporate lives that you have for your, your own life? Because who in this place has ever gotten excited about a good word that you heard over your life or an exciting proposition that you heard over your life or a particular longing that was stirred up in your life and then all of a sudden you have season after season after season after season of waiting, of longing, of striving, of disappointment, of doubt, of worry, of wondering if God said this thing just to dangle this thing in front of your face but to never let it come to pass. Everyone else around me is getting married. Everyone else around me has children. Everyone else around me seems to be happy with their job. Everyone else around me seems to have purpose. Everyone else around me seems to be flourishing. Have you ever been in that moment when you were wondering, I am standing on the rampart, saying something to God, asking God to give me a vision, and God saying something to me, but I still have not seen it come to pass. It might tarry. It might feel like it's on a delay. It might feel like God has gotten you mixed up with somebody else. Or that God has pushed the snooze button. It might feel that way. But our vision 
must be married to our understanding and our belief in a trustworthy God. That this thing that maybe you want desperately for your own life, that it will not fail. It will not fail. It will not fail. My job is not to tell you when. My job is to tell you who. That God will give you a God-sized vision when you feel like you are wedged in between complaint and lament and trying your very best to hold on to hope. It will not fail. Will you pray with me? Today we're going to exercise um, our courage and our hope. I want you to hold in your heads and I want you to hold in your hearts the thing that you have been waiting for. The thing that you have been longing for. The thing that has kept you up in the middle of the night. The things that you wonder if you just need to put your hands up and say, I'm done. And might you believe this day that God says, wait for it. And it's not to jump through hoops. And it's not to try harder. And it's not just to wish. But hold on to it because we're going to trust. That God, if you have shown us something, that if you have called us into something, that if you have whispered something to us in the middle of the night or at the crack of dawn, that God, you do not speak lies. And you are not a God who abandons us. And you are definitely not a God who fails. So God, would you give us the same faith that we sometimes have collectively together? for our personal lives and for the lives of those who we love who are also waiting desperately to see some things come to pass. And God, on the days when we get tired, when we feel defeated, when it's so hard for us to trust, 
might we come back to this place? And might we remind one another that the God that we serve is a God who will not fail. So we offer ourselves to you and our longings in the strong and mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Write the vision, O oh God, and make it plain. And help us to believe that it will not fail. It's in your name we pray. Amen.